Hello, my name is Scott Bradley and this is Scott Score Podcast. Today I'm joined by the Livingston manager, Davey Martindale. We discuss how pre-season is going so far, transfer business, will VAR be good for Scottish football, critics of Livingston's pitch, all this and so much more. Before the show starts though, I want to tell you about the Sportsman Barbershop in Clybank. I've recently started going there and it's safe to say it's the best hairdressers in Clybank by a mile. It's owned by Mark Griffin, who is a great guy with great conversation. It's also dog friendly. If you want to book an appointment, the number is 073 888 I cannot recommend it enough. Now, on to the interview. So, David, thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate it. No problem. Right, so we'll just dive right into it, David. So, uh, how's pre-season going so far? Yeah, it's, um, it's been decent, to be fair. Went away. Generally, what I do is I get the boys back in on Wednesday. We do our body and our fat testing, weights, stuff like that, their jump heights, just a bit of testing. And we train for a week, get them up to speed. The boys see, to be fair, in modern day, the boys don't lose a lot of conditioning. We estimate that they roughly lose about 20% for where they left the club to where they come back in the club. They lose around 20%. So we've roughly got four weeks to get to build that back up in a safe manner. So been fairly happy with how pre-seasons went, to be honest. No, that's good to hear. And it was a good result for you on Saturday, beating Albion Rovers 3-2. What did you make of your team's performance? It was, yeah, we dominated a lot of the ball. Um, fairly happy with 80% of the game. Dominated the ball, moved it well, got in behind them on a number of occasions, scored three goals, but 20% of the game have got to tidy up. Gave away two very, very cheap set plays that led to two balls in my box. Again, I don't think we dealt with them very well. So, again, that's what pre-season games are for. That's what they're for. So, need to tidy up a wee bit of that, a wee bit more attention to detail. But probably had four or five new players on the park during those two set plays on Saturday. But they're probably not as familiar as the other boys. Uh, how we set up and stuff like that, albeit the coach the, the day before. But nah, fairly comfortable in the game until you allow a second cheap goal, to be fair. But nah, fairly happy. Three points, three goals, two two goals against, no happy way, but fairly happy with the rest of it. And uh, he's made some good signings already this window, especially bringing in Gonzalez. That is a huge gift for the club. Yeah, well, Isma's came in. He's probably not played as much football as Isma had wanted over the last two years. So there's a wee bit of conditioning work to do with Isma. Originally, I thought it would be six to eight weeks. I think we're probably going to be more along the lines of eight to ten weeks. Um, but he's in a good place. Try to get him as many minutes as possible. But some of the stuff he does in games and some of the stuff he does in training, like you can just, the quality just shines through. He scored an absolute world day against Lithgow and a friendly, and he's, he's come up with a few of them in training as well. So it's getting Esma up to speed conditioning-wise, but also getting them up to speed in our style of playing, what we're looking for. I'm pretty intense, pretty demanding, and it's a different style of play that Isma's going to have to fit into. And he's actually, he's acclimatising very well. And uh, can we expect any more signings this window? Probably. If you told me when I came back from Spain, I was fairly happy with what I had. But there's always a few curveballs get thrown in in terms of maybe players looking at it saying, I'm not getting the game time I thought I was going to get. Uh, What's the chances of moving on? 
there's obviously been two or three games and I feel we're a wee bit light in certain areas and I'm trying to have identified that and I'm trying to work on that. But if the window closed tomorrow, I'd be fairly happy. But obviously being fairly happy is not enough. So I want a wee bit more, but it's probably going to be one or two in and one or two moving on, to be fair. And then what kind of challenges do you face working with a limited budget? Staying in the league. Staying in the league, the fear of failure, letting the fans down, letting the club down, letting the community down. Um, just staying in the league, it's always difficult when you're, you're probably were recruiting from a different market to most teams in the Premier League. Now, there is teams that are a bit above us and it's not substantially above us, so they're probably in the same boat, but we've got the lowest budget in the league and it's just staying in that league, but you're a victim of your own success at times, whereas I'd probably take 10th as success. We finished 7th last year, 6th the year before, 5th the year before that. So you're kind of you're a victim of your own success where people expect you to be finishing in the top 6. But um, I think that's, that's the biggest challenge of recruitment because there's a lot of coaching hours on the park needed when you're bringing players in, because really you're bringing players in for the second tier in other countries, and probably when you're looking at England, it's the fourth tier. So you're bringing players in for the fourth tier, maybe the second tier France, second tier Portugal, second tier Belgium, that sort of thing. And you're looking at the lower leagues in Scotland. So the challenges are the coaching and getting these players up to speed. Uh, do you want your team to have a specific style of play going into next season? I'm very big. I let that kind of adapt and evolve. I've got an idea of how I want to play football. But again, you've got to be able to adapt as a manager. So you plan it, you do it, review it, and you adapt it. And that's kind of how I work. For me, three points on a Saturday, for me, is more important on the style of football. So maybe if I was sitting at a Rangers or a Celtic with a budget of 50-odd million pounds, something along the lines, I think you'd be identifying a style of play and picking points up on a Saturday, so that would change slightly. At the lower end of the league, I think points become more rewarding than aesthetically pleasing folks, so to speak. So, yeah, like to follow the same philosophy as other managers, love to try and play football, love to try and get the ball down, but it's opponent-dependent. You might get some opponents that sit off you and you can get the ball down and play and try and progress through the zones. You've got other opponents that will try and press you really, really high up the park. So the space is in behind. So it's all different, but ultimately it comes down to picking three points up on a Saturday. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on the split. Do you think it's a good thing or it needs revamp? Because last season you ended up finishing uh, on more points in Ross County. And Dundee United, you know. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Aye. Um, nah, nah, I can understand why I've been on both sides yet finished the top six the two years previously and the teams below me finished in more points. So for me, getting into the top six, you've got five games which are a lot harder than playing the bottom five teams at that point or the, the five teams in the bottom six. And that's no disrespectful to anybody in the bottom six. But they're in the bottom six because they've not picked enough points up where the teams in the top six have been picking points up. So... The games for, let's say, your Motherwell and Dungeon United are a lot harder. Ross County, Motherwell, Dungeon United, Ross County were a lot harder than what I had to face in the bottom six. So, nah, I think the system works. I get, I get the argument. I do understand the argument. 
But I think I'm in a good position finishing seventh, being in the bottom six to probably give the teams that finish in the top six a lot more credit than what maybe the points tally says come the end of the season. So I'm quite happy with how it works. And uh, what's your thoughts on VAR? Do you think it'll be a good thing for Scottish football? Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to get more decisions right than we get wrong. At this collective moment, I don't know what the percentage is, but obviously we get a lot of decisions wrong. I can look back to just one incident with us, and it was against us with St. Johnson away, which was a a clear handball. That point could have took us into Europe. It could have got his top six, or it would have got his top six. Obviously, we'd still have to convert, convert the penalty. But I think referees and officials need a hand. They need a hand. The game's ever-evolving. It's getting quicker by the year. It's more demanding by the year. And I think everybody, everybody, including myself and officials, we need a wee hand in the game. The amount of times I'm shouting at a referee in the park or arguing with a fourth official, I get to the end of the game and I go and watch a, a, a tackle, a decision that went against you. And I think, do you know, why, do you know what? The referee actually got that right. But that's the passion and emotion of being on on the sidelines of being a football fan. So I do think I do think VAR will definitely help get more decisions correct. Yeah, and I was, I was going to ask you this one as well. Do you think referees should do post-match interviews? I think it'd be interesting. I'd like to see them do that, but then does that open them up for a further debate? Do you know what I mean? Like you maybe... Now with VAR, I think it, I think you could bring it in with VAR now because let's be honest, post-match interviews, the referees have maybe not got the, the benefit of watching incidents back. So the referees at that in real times making the decision that he feels correct, him and his officials, yeah, they might get it wrong. Of course they get it wrong. They're human beings. They don't mean to get it wrong. So I can see why it's not happened previously. But with VAR now, any contentious decisions should get ironed out. So, yeah, it would be nice to, it'd be nice to see the referee's viewpoint after the game, but I wouldn't say I'm an advocate of it happening. It should happen. It definitely should happen. It'd be nice if it happened, but I also understand why it maybe won't happen. Yeah, like me personally, I think it should happen. We could see footballers and managers need to do post-match interviews. The referees should do it as well, where they can explain why they made that, made that decision. Um, I think the modern technology gives them a hand. So I think now they're in probably in a better a better place to make those decisions to give those interviews where a referee makes a big decision in the game and he's not got he's not got any change room to watch all these big decisions back and then he's getting thrown in front of a camera. I can I can really understand why they wouldn't. But I think now we've are we're going to get a lot more decisions correct, or they can at least give their opinion as to why why it happened or why it never happened. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, listen, if it was something that happened, I'd be quite happy for it. But if it didn't happen, I wouldn't be. I, wasn't, I wouldn't be overly fussed, but I can see it from a football fan's point of view. And, uh, Davey, I need to ask you about your record against Celtic. It's a very good record you've got. And Livy yeah. were the last team uh, in the league to actually beat Celtic. Why do you think that is, like, how you've how got such a, a good well, record any time you play them? I just think... I noticed a shoes changing their, their mindset when they came to Livingston the last time. So I don't think they like playing in the plastic surface, but nobody really spoke about that after they beat us 3-1. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think the boys left their game. 
I've heard that old argument all day with Martindale's a Rangers supporter and he tries his hardest against Celtic. Oh, come on. I'd, I'd, I've got Rangers the first game of the season at Livingston. I swear to God, I will be giving it everything I've got to try and pick points up. I don't know. I think you've got teams in the league of certain styles suit one another or they, they nullify one another. I think even last year, Dungeon United were a half-decent record against the Old Firm. Both, both Old Firm. So, I think the way Celtic approach a game, the players I've got, we try and nullify it. We try to do that against Rangers as well, by the way. It's just um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. But I think Ange got the better of us this time. Last time here, he maybe got a wee shot the first game at Livingston. He wasn't long into the Premier League. But he definitely he definitely found a way to win on his uh, return visit and fair play to him. We've, I think that's us took points off Celtic by Ange, Lennon and Brendan Rodgers. So... I wouldn't put it down to one manager either. It's just been we've, we've beat Rangers. I think Steven Gerrard's first game here, we beat him 1-0. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think we just make the game as difficult as possible. And I wouldn't, I know people read into it Celtic and that, but I personally I don't read into it too much. What do you make of people who criticize like your pitch saying it's not suitable to the top flight? I don't agree with it, to be honest. They sat in aesthetically, they look at it. I've had, and I've, I'm genuinely, genuinely being honest here, both old forum clubs have got um, synthetic surfaces within their training grounds. They use them in the winter when they have to. They maybe even use them coming into play Hamilton, Kilmarnock, Livingston. They maybe use them for all these games. I have not had one player come into this club other than Anthony Stokes who found it a wee bit difficult uh, on his hip or it was his knee. But I've not had one player at this club come into the club and say they don't like the surface. I've not had one player after a game say that surface is crap. And this is me being genuinely honest. I would take my surface over maybe 50, 60% of the, the surfaces in the league going into the winter. Some of the parts are horrific, horrific. Um, so I would probably say I'd rather be playing in my surface, our surface. I'm not going to start naming teams here. Uh, rather than 50-60% of the Premier League clubs when they were into the, a harsh winter, lots of frost, lots of rain. It's very, very difficult for the groundsmen because of the orientation of these stadiums that have got grass parks. And I find it, I find it strange because when you look at it, you've got plastic parts in the Champions League now. So they're OK for the Champions League, but if Livingston win a game at home, it's that plastic part, that plastic part. And a lot of academy kids now going through the system, they're already in the system. They've grew up playing in plastic parks. Like even Ranger Celtic Academy kids, they use plastic parks. So all these younger players, the younger generation, they're now in the system. They're now 27, 28, whatever they are. They're in the system. They've all grew up playing in plastic parks. So I think it's fairly normal. And even... You look at our home record and away record last year, they were very, very similar. I think they're nearly identical in terms of goal scores, goal conceding, points collected. So I don't think the plastic part plays as much of an advantage as what some people like to think it does. I think you would probably look at it. Most teams are stronger at home than, rather than what they are when they were away. And that's for any team in the Premier League, not just Livingston. And uh, you've done a fantastic job at Levy, Davey. So what would you say your best result has been as manager? Oh, God. 
five fingers. You've got the semi-final. The Betfreds at Marin 1-0. Performance been great, but we got to our National Cup final. You're looking at runny fixtures, early doors last season. We managed to go and pick our three points up against Celtic at home. Uh, whether that was a Rangers or Hibs or Hearts at home, I think it was a, a huge turning point in the season for us. And it got us, I think it took us off the bottom of the table. There's always a wee bit added bonus when you beat the Edinburgh tour, you can beat the Glasgow tour, one all like there's always an added bonus here. But in, I think in terms of recognition, I think you're probably going to have to look at the semi-final with St Martin where we managed to take the club to a, a National Cup final for once in so many years. Just a disappointing it was done in a COVID year and there was no fans at the game. So probably in terms of that, it would have been getting the club to a National Cup final. So you've Probably got one of the, the outstanding results being the semi-final, one of the most dis- disappointing results being the final. <laughs> so uh, what advice would you give to up-and-coming coaches uh, in the game? Stick with it. Stick with it. Get your badges as soon as possible, but don't deviate for your coaching philosophy. And I really do believe this. I never got my badges for the first five years at Livingston. And I think I found my own way within coaching picked up different bits and bobs for various managers, especially David Hopkins. He was a huge influence. Um, and I was allowed to adapt and evolve myself into a coach coming from my background. Um, but I think it's important that you've got to go and get your coaching badges. But I think that was a... You've got to go and get them to get a job now any day. So you need them to get a job. But I think that was one of the big things for me was... I never had a set philosophy for my coaching organisation, or this is what you should do, this is how you play it for the back, full-backs high, two centre-half split. I never came in with that coaching philosophy. Um, I kind of grew my own coaching philosophy. But what I would say is go and get your badges early doors, but stick to your coaching principles. Stick to your coaching principles and pick up wee bits and bobs for everybody else and adapt it. Plan it, do it, adapt, review it and adapt it. So let's be honest, we're all sitting here making drills up, but somebody somewhere, somewhere's done a similar drill and you're just tweaking it slightly. But I've got a style of play in my head of how I want to play, but as I've probably spoke about a wee bit earlier, that, that changes in the game dynamics within the game, but it changes game by game again. You're away from home, who you're playing, who the opponents, what's their style of play. So all that changes, but... I enjoyed finding my feet my own way, if that makes sense, coming into coaching, putting sessions on, doing my things. I don't think you can do that anymore in football because I think you work in football, you've got to go and get your badges. But go and get your badges, but also try and be a wee bit creative in how you see football. The governing bodies who put these sessions on, they're brilliant, they spend a lot of time and they're very, very good tutors. But don't be shoehorned into that coach, if that makes sense. Try and be a wee bit creative and try and do your own things and find a way that works for you. There's no a, there's a lot of Pep Guardiola's coming through football now. Everybody's splitting and play, play it for the back, play through the, the free zones, the terminology. Do you know what? Sometimes you've just got to, I've not even know sometimes, most of the time you've got to go and find a way to win that game of football. It might be for a long throw, it might be for a corner kick, it might be for a wide free kick, a set play. That might, might be the difference in that game of football. No playing no playing through the, the free zones and playing nice, pretty football and it ends up with a 13-pass move with a goal. 
Do you know what I mean? You've got to go and find a way to win that game of football. Yeah, how is uh, Marvin uh, adapted to being a coach now from player to coach now? Because obviously he's retired. Um, to be fair, Max, Marv was probably in Marv signing it half, half his head in coaching anyway. He was a student of the game. So Marv was a coach within the dressing room. He was a leader, a captain within the dressing room, hence why he's sitting beside me now. So I think Marv's second year at the club, it was evidence where he was, he's seen his, he's seen his third year more in a coaching, coaching based part of the club rather than a player. And he, he's, Marv was still signed as a player last year, um, but he spent the, the first season at the club as a coach. I've seen a huge transformation in Marv from coach to player. And then even going into this year, the first, second year with a year under his belt, I think uh, he's been a fantastic addition to the football club, not just myself. And I, I've speak to Marv quite openly about it. I'm delighted. When Marv comes today and he shuts my door and shakes my hand and tells me, listen, Gaffer, I've got, a, I've got a chance to go and be my own man. Honestly, I'll be the first person to shake his hand. And I, I don't think that day is too far away, if I'm honest. I think it'll not be long before we see Marv doing his own thing elsewhere. But for me, I'll take a wee bit of pride in that. But again, it uh, tells you more about Marv and what it does me, if that makes sense. So uh, he's, been, he's been brilliant for me as a player and as a coach and as a captain. And as a human being, he's a fantastic person. And uh, just to finish off, Davey, what is the objectives for next season and what can the fans expect? A roller coaster season, no doubt. A roller coaster season. A lot of lot of lows with a lot of highs. Last year we had a great season. Won 13 games. 13 games of football. Season before in the league. We finished six, top six, and we won 12 games of football. In the Scottish Premier League, we won 12 games of football, and it was a fantastic season. So we won 33% of the games we played in. So there's probably Probably it's a bit of a roller coaster. There's a lot of lows, but there's a lot of highs. Hopefully we can push on, get top six. But again, within these four walls, that's the aspirations. But but I've got to be pragmatic. I've got to be realistic. And finishing tenth would be a, another success for Livingston. Staying in the Scottish Premier League would be successful on my part. But I think we've got more than enough to go and kick on and push on for where we finished last year. I do. I honestly do. Thank you very much to Davey for coming on the show today and I wish him all the very best for the upcoming season ahead. To listen to other episodes of the podcast, they are available on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Until next time, take care and we'll see you soon.